Pablo, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Thick as Thieves, the podcast where we talk about art heists, and we go into the investigation, the significance of the works of art, all that good stuff. We always, when we introduce what we do, we have a sing-song way of doing it, we're like, <laughs> we go into the investigation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. We are in the Music City doing investigations, <laughs> what can you expect? I am Sarah. And I'm Veronica. Welcome. Hi. So, tell me about some art news that you've been reading. My favorite bit of art news in the realm of art crime would be uh, the story about... um, So, you're familiar with Gerhard Richter Mm -hmm. and his giant multi-million dollar works of art that are photographs and paintings. Yes. um, In a way. So uh, apparently he was working on a project in 2016 and threw out a bunch of sketches in the trash. <laughs> and um, nice. this guy like went through his trash and fa- and got the sketches out and um, tried to uh, sell them. And it got caught because he was trying to actually authenticate them at the Gerhard Richter archive. <laughs> like, wow. He took this work. So he dumpster dove. Yeah, dumpster dove some like really expensive artwork, and then in in authenticating it, like taking all the right steps towards um, turning this trash into Trevor. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <was> Trevor? <laughs> into treasure. Um, you know, he gets caught. So apparently, this has gone to court already, and a judge in Cologne, Germany, has ruled that. Although they were in the trash, um, they belonged to Richter, so he is guilty. This person, oh, actually wow. don't even know his name. So he's, he's guilty of theft? He's guilty of theft, but only fined, well, actually this is a lot of money, but it seems like a little bit of money in the scheme of like fines, court fines and so on. Um, the equivalent of $3,500. Wow, that's really shocking. You would think that if it's in a dumpster that dumpster is like public property i really think he needed a better lawyer because i think oh yeah this could be argued i could have won that case yeah we're not even lawyers and we could win this case for him <laughs> retrial is that what we say retrial sure, yeah <laughs> redo we want to redo we want to redo on this one that's very interesting um a friend of ours julia martin who also did um an amazing work of art for our last or two episodes ago two episodes ago um the de Kooning. the de Kooning. Yeah, she did an amazing artwork of the woman ochre painting plus rita altar it's amazing but julia hopefully she won't mind me saying this um she has like this andy warhol print um that was found i don't know if it was necessarily in a dumpster but it was like found in the like r- refuse of a studio in i think chicago i can't remember julia you're going to have to tell the story. She's actually right next door. Why don't we just go <laughs> knock on the door and ask her? I know. Um, but it was ripped up. It was ripped into like four pieces and she just kind of has it hanging. How, did she um, find it? Yeah, she found it and she has it hanging in her wall. She just kind of connected the four pieces and it's hanging and it was in her old house. And it's, it's a legit apartment. Warhol. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's really. How does she know it's really Warhol though? Well, I don't know. It just, it's, a, it's a Warhol. It's. Um, I guess you can just say. This is a Warhol. It's a very famous cowboy whose name escapes me right now. <laughs> or country singer, I can't remember. Oh, Julie's going to hate me for telling this story. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm all about the um, artwork found in dumpsters. I think that's I think that's great. That's sad that he got charged. 
mm-hmm. and convicted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Lesson, lesson to everyone out there, don't go rifling around in artist or dumpsters. do it. Or fuck it. Let's, do it. I'm all about this, and I think we need to change the laws <laughs> surrounding it. Yeah. If the artist throws away the work... It's it's trash. It's up for grabs. I mean, I think I think that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, if it goes, I mean, it's one thing if it's maybe leaning out on a wall near a studio or something, but if it is in a trash can, that is fair game. Mhm. In my opinion. Mine too. Hmm. Well, but feel free to weigh in. Um, all right. So you're presenting today. I am. I know nothing except that Brazil might be a part of this story. Yes. It's the biggest pop quiz. What's the biggest or I guess most populated city in the world? I think it's Sao Paulo, Brazil. But there are people (laughs) who would say it's not. And it's another it's a city in China. (laughs) Yeah. There's also like a 1980s Trivial Pursuit game that would say it's not. But. Yeah, it, I guess it changes. But all I know is Sao Paulo has a lot of people, like, what, 25 million people? That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, so that's where this heist that we're going to talk about today takes place. Um, it's actually at the Museum of Art of Sao Paulo. Um, and it was so the work that we're talking about today is Picasso's Portrait of Suzanne Bullock. And it was stolen on December 20th, 2007. Okay. I don't even know what this looks like. Oh, you don't? Oh, my goodness. All right. So to everyone listening right now, I highly suggest that you Google the Portrait of Suzanne Bullock by Picasso. Who is Suzanne Bullock? Well, we'll we'll talk about who she is. She is she is somebody, um, but (laughs) (laughs) she's an actual person. She is an actual person that like sort of hung out with Picasso for a minute. Um, But this is, in my opinion, Picasso's ugliest painting. Ooh, or just lamest. I think it's just terrible, Um, and I'm sure there are many reasons. I guess maybe some redeeming qualities that you might be able to find in it. But when I look at her face, she just looks like such a Debbie Downer. The painting is just a wet blanket painting that I think is just miserable. I seriously thought you were about to say, when I look at her face, I want to puke. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at it now. This doesn't even look like Picasso's work. Is this? Yeah. Yep. That's it. When did is this like before he became? No, it's Picasso? in his blue period. I mean, it, so this was painted in 1904. So mm-hmm. Picasso's he he you know he went through a few periods, and his blue period was about from 1901 to 1904. And this is kind of considered, even though they don't have like exact dates on all of the paintings, um, this is considered the last painting of his blue period. So for. Those of you who aren't super familiar with with Picasso or that period of time, the reason why it's called his blue period is because these paintings are kind of monochromatic in like blue tones and green tones. And Picasso was kind of in a notorious depression for those three or four years. Um, his What was he so sad about? He was really sad because one of his friends shot himself in the head in a cafe in Paris. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, huge, huge, huge loss. 
And, you know, Picasso before that was, you know, a ladies' man and a socialite and the man about town in Paris. But this happened to his friend and he just sunk into a deep depression and all of his paintings reflected his mental state. Um, there's and, some really good ones from that period. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like the the guitarist, the very famous like old, old man guitarist painting. Um, and... There's actually, for people in Nashville, there is a really beautiful painting from his blue period at Fisk University, which I used to work there. Um, And if you can go by when they have the Stieglitz collection in the museum, there is a really beautiful, um, it's called Head of a Woman, and it's a really small painting that is from Picasso's blue period, and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. so you can see it there I once every two, I mean, every two years that collection rotates. So. I think I really like, there's one, um, I'm trying to look for it now called Blue Balls. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Blue Balls? Oh my God. Because I mean, Blue, blue, blue Room, not Blue Balls. <laughs> Although I could totally see Picasso doing a painting about having Blue Balls, but uh, <laughs> I'm uh, trying to find the Blue Room right now. <laughs> oh, shit. <clears throat> Okay, so why did are so, you really googling blue balls right no, now? Because I have a feeling the result of that's going to be really weird. Um, no, I'm trying to find the blue room. Um, so Susan Block <laughs> is a part of that, and why did he do a portrait of her? If- well, I think she she was um, kind of a luminary um, in the Paris you know scene at that time. So she was a musician. Uh, she was like a Swiss American musician. She was in Paris. She was the um, sister of a violinist named Henry Block. Um, so she was kind of in a in a art art based family. She was mm. kind of well known, and she actually played the lute. Um, so she was, I mean, somewhat known. She was married to a ma- mathematician, um, and she was introduced. So how she met Picasso is she was introduced to him by the French poet Max Jacob mm-hmm. um, in 1904. So she didn't. She wasn't like old friends with him when this when her portrait was painted um so max jacob introduces her to picasso and um she sat for a portrait for him in paris and there's a pen and ink sketch and gouache somewhere else there's Mm -hmm. there's a version of this that's that's a drawing in a different museum and this one in the sao paulo museum of art is an oil painting so, okay. There are a couple. There are a couple versions of it, um, but yeah. Otherwise, I mean, not not a super well known person. To my knowledge, he didn't ever paint her again. This was um, kind of the only portrait she sat for. I have a question. Do you think so? I agree with you that this is not a, a stunning painting by any means. Um, is this commonly regarded that way as sort of one of his worst paintings by other people as well, or? Are I there people? Are we like a minority here in thinking that this is a? I shitty- mean, this is definitely my opinion. I mean, I don't know. There's it, people aren't writing about. I think there's a general reverence for Picasso that, like, oh, he painted this, so it's great. Um, I just of all the paintings I've seen of his, and I'm a, I would say I'm a Picasso fan. Um, I just really I look at this. I look at her, and I'm just it. <laughs> I don't know. I just get a certain really sad feeling. Like if someone gifted just me this womp, painting womp. and and they were like, here's a Picasso for you, I would put <laughs> it in my closet. Um, I would cover it up with a blanket. 
I have a surprise for you. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, uh, am Am I going to get a painting? (laughs) Amazon has prints of this available for $15.99. So if anyone (laughs) wants to troll a friend, you can order a pretty fairly decent sized print, like poster print of this painting on Amazon. And I might. So if you're wondering what you're going to get for Christmas this year. Oh, God. (laughs) It might just be. I'm going to love it. (laughs) This print of Suzanne Block. Um, okay, so let's talk about the heist. Yes, let's let's find out what what happened. What happened? Okay, so it's two thousand seven, um, and this so this is the first successful heist at this museum since it opened in sixty years, or, or it was open for sixty years with nothing. Nothing happened. No problems. No anything. And you know this thing happened. It was devastating. Um, for the for the museum and for the his and for the city and it was a huge embarrassment. Um, so what happened was, you know what we talked about how these heists tend to happen around holidays. Yeah. So this is December twentieth, like five days before Christmas. Right. So again, like right, I don't know what when we the start deal is. our art thief investigator business, we're gonna know to tune into holiday. Right, yeah, we're going to hire seasonal help. It'll be one of those things, because we're like, it's about to happen. Santa's little helpers. It is about to pop off. We know that, like, there are about to be a lot of heists around the world. Right. Um, So, yeah, December 20th, um, it's around 5 a.m. at the museum. The guards are changing shifts, and three masked men break into the front, the doors of the museum. So they use a... um, Hydraulic car jack to break in. Um, I'm trying to picture this. So there's a crowbar. So when the police get on the scene, there's a there's a car jack, there's a crowbar, and then there's an earpiece that they find that's supposedly believed to, like, that's how they were communicating with each oh, other. okay. Yeah. Um, so they break into the museum. Also, we don't have this for many break-ins, but... There's a video. There's security footage because it's 2007. So they had security footage and there is a YouTube uh, video of the thieves breaking in. And it looks like the way they come. It looks like they're coming from the floor. I don't really understand this video footage at all. It looks like they're coming out of the floor. So I don't I don't know. It says that they use a car jack to break into the the museum's steel front doors. Um, But that video looks like they're coming from somewhere. Are there a lot of YouTube videos of- i go into youtube rabbit holes when i look up these stories yeah. <laughs> but i feel like every case that i've talked about has not had um video like f- footage involved well there's not a lot on this one yeah um, but there is the secure it's like very grainy it's it's not easy to see and it's kind of choppy like you can't really they're like little sections missing mm-hmm. but um so these three men break into the museum and they take only two paintings so this museum is filled with amazing artwork um and they take two very specific paintings that are to me mind-blowing um i mean mind-blowing as to why Mm. (laughs) why they would take these two paintings um so they take picasso's ugly ass portrait and then they take (laughs) (laughs) then they take um a painting by a brazilian painter candido portinari I think is how you say his name, called The Coffee Worker. Um, so this it's like a male and female 
portrait. So you've got Suzanne Block, you've got this coffee worker. Um, those are the only two paintings they take. So they, they really overlook a lot of very famous um, artists and artworks. I don't know. So it, it, the idea is that they were doing this on commission. There was somebody, um, and we'll talk more about that later, but the um, idea was there's a specific person who wanted these two. So, you know, right. thievery to order. They don't care. They're just no. get, they're getting paid to do a job. Right. But what's really impressive about this heist is it occurred, and we know this based on the video footage, in three minutes. So in three minutes' time, these thieves were in and out of that place at 5 a.m. right during the, the shift change for the guards. And so there were four unarmed guards and security footage. That was all that they had um, wow. in terms of security. So the guards found them. While they were no no, no they, did not. they just okay. went back and checked security. So okay. when the police ar- arrived, they just found you know the tools that they were using, but they didn't have a suspect till weeks later. Okay. Um, they also smashed a glass door. So when the guards saw that, they were like, "Oh no, it happened." Right. Okay. So that that's gonna make a sound. But their main security was just patrolling. You know mm-hmm. that was that was their security measure didn't work should add some more stuff but apparently like the the doors were really easy you know they were not that hard to pry open there weren't you know doesn't sound like there weren't lasers there weren't like complex locks or key fob entries or anything like that um so it was basically very easy so i mean the media freaked out Obviously, so when this happens, media goes nuts because it's it's the first yeah it's the first big heist at this and just the fact I think it's the fact that there was no alarm system was pretty shocking to were, everybody. Were people also shocked by the the artworks that were chosen? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think that you know these seemed. I mean, Picasso seems kind of like a no brainer if you're mm-hmm. going to steal something, mm-hmm. and I mean, but the worth. And I don't know the I don't know in terms of if we're talking about monetary value, what other pieces in the collection were very valuable. But the Picasso painting was worth fifty million dollars, and then the other one was worth five million dollars. So this doesn't seem like they were just trying to take the like high dollar paintings because they would have taken you know they, there's like a Matisse and a Renoir and those types of things in there. So that I would imagine are more than $5 million. So the, the coffee maker painting was only 5 million. Okay. But the portrait was 50 million. So that's definitely hot ticket item. Yeah. The media in Sao Paulo kind of really just tear into this whole thing in terms of the embarrassment. Um, One art expert who was local, said, quote, it's absurd that the most important museum in Latin America was broken into with a crowbar and a jack. So that's kind of the thing. That, I mean, a lot yeah. of people were saying stuff like that. Like, how was this even possible? Oh, also, so the entire collection at the museum was not insured. Nothing was insured. What? <laughs> which is like a huge, huge um, faux pas. I don't know why... Nothing was insured, but it wasn't. That came to light when people started, you know, as the investigation moved forward. Yeah, very dumb. So the state culture secretary went on record as saying, (laughs) his quote is, we're annoyed and concerned. 
This complicates the administration of the museum, which is already suffering a financial crisis. So apparently the museum had to close temporarily in 2005 when its power was cut off um, for they weren't paying their bills. They were skipping. So this this museum was having some problems. Like cutting all sorts of corners. Yeah, they were cutting corners. And I think it was just, it was like, okay, this is bound to happen. They also, someone had attempted a heist months before that, but they caught him and they stopped it. So they were even like kind of aware that they were getting targeted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, cutting corners, slacking off. They don't have soul. enough money. Yeah. Right. They, I think they didn't have enough money to put in a whole alarm system or pay for whatever kind of subscription you need for all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They just had four, four guards that didn't work. So the paintings were eventually recovered. How? They, so a guy, so they were recovered January 8th in 2008. So a few, it was just a few weeks My later. My sister's birthday. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so they were recovered in plastic, perfect condition, in a house that was right on the outskirts of the city. And how were they found in that house exactly? One of the suspects turned himself in. Really important museum. Yeah. One of the thieves turned himself in, led the cops to this house, saying, like, you know, the paintings are in there. There you go. And this person, this <laughs> thief with a conscience, was a 25-year-old TV chef, which is just the oddest. <laughs> like, I don't know what this what business this person had um, stealing art. But, yeah, he briefly hosted a cooking show on a local TV channel. Um, his name is Moses Manuel de Lima Sabrino, mm-hmm. and he turned himself in. Actually, his dad. So his there's the, I can't really tell. So all of the media stories are in Portuguese, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's a lot of I did a lot of Google translating um, for this, and some of the dates kind of seem to match up. Some of them don't, but there is there's a report that says that. The suspect's father told him to. So I guess this guy was hiding out kind of on the lam a little bit. And his father went through like TV Globo and said, you know, you need to turn yourself in, like make this situation right. And but I'm not sure when exactly that was. Okay, But it it was his dad who it's kind of funny now. I'm, I'm really curious about this chef guy. Like, what kind of life does he live? So he's, is he a celebrity chef? Well, he's upper middle class. So there's not a, there's not a ton of description, but we get, there is his picture, his picture's online. Mm -hmm. You can kind of get a sense of what he looks like. And he's in, described as an upper middle class young man. And he had a culinary program on the, this TV channel and he went to culinary school and he had a lot of knowledge about works of art. He was so like an aspiring Brazilian Anthony Bourdain, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of maybe what he was going for. He yeah. really fucked it up, but he was going for this kind of maybe bravado art chef guy. Right. Um, so we uh, kind of all we know is that before the robbery, um, he traveled to Madrid Visited several Spanish museums, hmm. and <clears throat> that was apparently for the purpose of establishing contact with a clandestine buyer in Europe, according to police. That's what they so they say that he had some connection. So the uh, 
what the reports say, even though this person is never named, is that these paintings were stolen for a Saudi art collector. So Saudi Arabian. It seems like yeah, we so should just call our show like. Saudi Arabian art collections. <laughs> I know. And so I'm starting to not believe it because that's what everyone said. It's like, oh, yeah, we were stealing it for a Saudi Arabian art collector. It's like, mm-hmm. really? Every time? So that's the story with this one as well. Um, but that person was never named. As far as I was reading, I never found a name of that person or whether or not that information was confirmed. But the police say that he was that the suspect, Delima Sabrino, went to Europe to make connections with this person and I guess check out some museums along the way. Hmm. Um, he didn't have a criminal background. Um, so there, I mean, there's not a lot of, it's not like he was out there doing, he's not Spider-Man who we talked about in an earlier episode. who was just like an art heist pro. And I mean, he's only, Sabrina was only 25. So. Yeah. I mean, why did he feel so guilt and shame pushed him to confess? I don't know. And honestly, like, why would he even feel that bad? No one gets hurt. These paintings aren't national treasures. (laughs) (laughs) I really like it. You're just, you know, what's a big deal? Who cares? Why not? I mean, I just think (laughs) it makes sense when you feel bad about committing a crime that where people get hurt or someone's going to suffer a great deal as a result of it or you're taking something away from people. But this, it's like he broke into the most important art museum in Sao Paulo stole two dumb paintings, got away with it. Like, great. That's, he'll, he should just grow up to be an old man and <laughs> tell the story to his grandkids. It's not like something you go confess to. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it was just, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. <laughs> that thing. He heard like scratching from Suzanne, Suzanne Block Block's like fiddle playing or her violin <laughs> her lute yeah she was playing her lute under the baseboards <laughs> in his house and he could hear it and he just couldn't stand it right <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know I mean maybe he was maybe his dad really the guilt trip from his dad was what does like, his dad do well it says he's a lawyer I, if I am getting this correctly it says that Lima Sabrino is the son of a well-known lawyer from Brazil. Okay, so he's a lawyer. So maybe it's like a high power. Maybe his dad has some authority or you know something that convinced him to turn himself in. Hmm. Like that things would be better if he would just get this over with, turn himself in. See, and my brain is going in a crazy direction now. You're like, get out of town, go somewhere else. No, I'm thinking maybe his dad is actually um, a part of some crime ring in Brazil, but he's also a lawyer. And maybe something he was working on was um, there was like a lot of heat and, it, you know, things were getting kind of maybe the police were sniffing around something. And then he got his son go create a distraction. Yeah. Because I have heard of a lot of heists serving as distractions from other crimes. Mm-hmm. And something about this one and the nature of confessing and all that, I'm like, hmm. Well, and the yeah, I mean, the paintings that they took and everything, it's just not... It's odd. Yeah. It's odd, for sure. Because we've looked at heists where people love the work they stole. Mm-hmm. And we looked at heists where people stole works that represented something that they weren't getting. Like the Goya. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, the Mexico City heist. But here's one where the, the thief is not a professional thief, does not love the work. Nobody loves the work. <laughs> Nobody loves this. <laughs> 
And also he gives himself up like, I mean, it just doesn't. Now I'm just like, what is the point? I, I think it's a cover up heist. That's just my theory. Just from hearing all this. Maybe. All right. Maybe. We got a working theory here. Yeah. So what happens to him? Um, well, I'm not really certain about what his sentence was. So that's where the um, Portuguese legal jargon <laughs> got a little bit <laughs> difficult to untangle for me. Um, so I'm not really sure. But they they um, indicted two other people. One of them was an escaped convict. So they they have, I guess what they believe are the three men who um, committed the actual heist and then they also arrested the person whose house they found the paintings in, who was not one of the three ICE suspects. They arrested him um, in conjunction with all of this. So and they never found out who the Saudi collector was. Right. So um, they're all in prison. Yes. So they they all went into prison. And two, two of the suspects said that they were paid $2.8 million dollars. For that heist. Who gets that money now? I don't know. <laughs> I should have just kept it and ran. I know. I'm very disappointed with... So I think this is a very hilarious heist, but I'm disappointed with the thieves. <laughs> like, We're really disappointed in you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ever hear this podcast from your Brazilian prison cell, <laughs> sorry, but... So... He turned himself in after... So there was a couple of extortion attempts... That came before, which police are not certain whether or not they're fake or whether they actually came from the actual suspects. Mm -hmm. um, so the museum's president, Julio Neves, received a letter on January 3rd. So that was, you know, a few days before um, Delima Sabrino turned himself in, demanding five million pounds. Don't know what that is in dollars. Sorry, everybody. It's like... um. I think that's like $8,000 right now. Eight, no, million. Five million pounds. Oh. <laughs> it's like $8 million. I thought you were supposed to be the math person here. <laughs> you're supposed to be the pronunciation and math conversion person. <laughs> um, anyways, five million pounds, whatever that is in dollars. It's like $8 million. <laughs> it's between 8 and $10 million. All right. We're going to go with that. <laughs> if you um, believe it to be different, you can call us at our phone number that doesn't exist. Um, so there were three phone calls of people demanding some like arbitrary sums of money for the mm. painting. So who knows if they were real? They could have just been people prank, hmm. prank calling, messing around. Yeah, they didn't. That didn't go anywhere. And the police just think they were hoaxes. Um, so th the paintings were returned to the museum early in January and the museum closed. So from December 20th. They were just, I guess, heartbroken and devastated and embarrassed and dealing with everything. They closed until later in January, and they reopened the museum with those two paintings. Whoa, is this the first case where we deal with a we encounter a museum that closes for a full month post heist? For yeah, that I know of. I mean, maybe it was the holidays. Maybe they were going to be closed anyway. I don't mm. really know, but yeah, they just they they closed. Wow. And then they reopened. So they were actually never open without the paintings. <laughs> so they just <laughs> acted like it didn't happen. They reopened. Paintings were there. I, this is also one of the first sites where the paintings were completely undamaged, which I just think is amazing. So the thieves didn't cut them out of, you know, didn't cut the paintings out of the frames or roll them up or destroy them in any way. They were kept in pretty pristine conditions. 
Right. Which is lucky for the museum, considering that they were fully uninsured. Mm-hmm. So. Have they insured their artworks since? I don't, I don't know, but they definitely got new security measures. That was a whole, that was a big movement in the museum was to, you know, revamp all of their security so that it didn't happen again. And it didn't happen again there. <laughs> but a couple of months later, um, there was another Picasso heist in Sao Paulo. So this was at the Pinacoteca Museum. Okay, I want to understand what is, so there's like a, a desire for Picassos in Sao Paulo then. There's like a fever. A Picasso, Picasso fever. Picasso fever. <laughs> um, that's kind of interesting. So it, another Picasso was stolen. Yeah. Just so the same year. Yeah. So it was in June of 2008. So this one, so that was stolen in December 2007, recovered January 2008. And then in June of 2008, there is another, two Picasso prints and two other works of art, which I can't remember right now, um, were just in broad daylight, um, three armed robbers went in, calmly strolled out of that museum with four <laughs> works of art. So that was also a big deal. So, I mean, I think it was, they, it was like the city was rocked twice in, you know, a year period or in six months, basically. So they came in with guns and they made people get down and all that, like like a bank robbery? Oh, well, I don't know. They had guns, but I don't know about the whole... Um, I don't actually know what happened. I didn't research that one because that's not my topic. All right. That, was right. Just, that, was, that would have been extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was another heist that, you know, I think that was a pretty big deal that these happened at the same time. Because I think they were probably trying to connect them at first. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that there was any real connection between. Well, they already had their thieves from the first one by then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they did hold the security guards at gunpoint. I don't know if they made, like, everybody get down, because I don't know what time it was, but they scared the hell out of some security guards. What would you do if you're in a gallery in a museum and... <laughs> <laughs> and someone held me at gunpoint? Like, yeah, I, was, I realized asking that, I'm just like, it's just a... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that I would... <laughs> What I believe would happen or what I want to believe I would do is try and figure out what was going on in his life and if I could help him out. You'd be like, <laughs> I mean, like look, man, I know. Look, it's hard. You'd say, I know. It's you'd hard. Say- Whatever you're going through, I know you're in a really tough spot. You're backed into a corner right now. Literally. Yeah. But I want to help you. Like, I want. You want to help. You would say, I want to help you steal the work. No, I would just say, I want to help you get through the mentally trying time that you're clearly in. <laughs> I want, you know, I would just try and I would ask him, like, hey, can we, instead of doing all this, can I buy you a beer? <laughs> can we go to the bar? Can I just, can I buy you a beer? And let's just chat about it. And if you still want to take this painting, we can we can work that out. <laughs> um, can we I please just write a movie so that scene is in it? <laughs> yeah, and then how it ends is that he's like, you know what? I was really wanting a friend, and I'm <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and he was doing all the stuff for it was really a cry for help, and he realizes that deep in his heart. And me and him stroll out. I'm saying him. It could also be a female. Me and the thief stroll out of the gallery. We go to the local dive bar and I just buy around and we just talk it out like bros. <laughs> and oh. nothing gets stolen. I We both make a friend. 
you know, a new friend. This person becomes your friend too, uh-huh. genuine friend. And I, br- yeah, and I bring them on the podcast. I'm like, look, today we're t- going to talk to a person who was about to commit a heist and almost killed me. <laughs> almost killed me. Now we're friends. Yeah. Imagine the bonding. You. So that's how I handle that situation. <laughs> Okay, I love it. <laughs> what about you? What do you um, do? I would hope to do the same. <laughs> yep, that's the right response right there. <laughs> I would try to do everything inside me to stifle the voice that says, like, you asshole. I'm trying to look at this painting right now, you know? Yeah. I think that's what I'd be annoyed about initially. It's like You'd just be annoyed that you're inconvenienced? I'm in the middle of looking at this. <laughs> ex- I'm in the middle of an art experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like it. So I guess that chef guy, his show, um, is no longer. No. And I think it was just brief. It was probably, you know, it was probably like public access television. Yeah. He, there's a, there's a photo of him in a white chef coat. I guess it's like on his TV show. You know, it's, it's heartwarming in a way. I don't know. He was trying. Yeah. He wanted to be somebody and it clearly wasn't working out. His daddy maybe. fucked it up. Daddy fucked it up. <laughs> um, you know, I think his TV show maybe was just didn't take off like he was hoping it would. And maybe he sunk a lot of money into it. I don't mm. know. And he needed, he really needed fast cash. Yeah. And I don't know if he really, I don't know if that's the way to fast cash. Because it sounds like he did, had to do a lot of work, which was going to Spain and making these connections. He was apparently fluent in Spanish and Italian in Very, addition to Portuguese. Right. His native tongue. Yeah. So he was a sophisticated person. Mm-hmm. I always think it's surprising, you know, when these thieves have a, a true interest in art. So far, almost all the ones that we've covered do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So I'm not really sure, um, you know, kind of how this how the city recovered from these two heists. Seems like they recovered pretty nicely. Yeah. And also it wasn't like a de- too devastating. Plus they got the art back. Unfortunately, they got the art back. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this painting is on yeah. view for everyone to see. Right. It, when you're in I'm Sao really Paulo, make sure you go see time. Suzanne Block. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Just, miss it. <laughs> it's. I think it's her hair, her Wait, let me check out her hair. <laughs> Quaff. <laughs> it's just all up on her forehead. It's all up on her forehead. Yeah, her hair is just devouring. Oh, I've, my hair has done stuff like this before. <laughs> I've never seen your hair do Why that. does her hair look like a butt? <laughs> I don't... It does. She has very, very clear butt hair. Yeah. <laughs> We're being so mean. Um, it's not... I'm not trying to be... I don't want it's to not be about her. It's about the painting. It's about the way it's painted. It's the depiction, not the person. Right. Yeah. She there are plenty of photos of her. She's a beautiful woman. We're not laughing at her. We're laughing with her. We're laughing with Picasso. Well, and her. it's just you can see where he was. He I can just imagine. <laughs> I'm just re- imagining the studio. <laughs> he is his rendition of this woman is just so He's like I'm feeling really sad. I'm just going to give your hair a little bit more of a butt crack <laughs> look too. <laughs> yeah, it's I just, I think it's a clear reflection of his mental state yes. at that time. He was not seeing things very rosy he, and very beautiful. You weren't around and to take him out for a beer. I wasn't around, and unfortunately, he just spiraled down 
And she's, yeah, it's like the way that her lips are kind of snarled, just ever so slightly. Um, her shoulders are slumpy. No, I I just find it very disconcerting, and every time I look at it, I'm like, I wish I could stop looking at that mm-hmm. pretty soon. And yet, you just grabbed the phone for me to look at it, and you couldn't stop. Well, I needed to I needed to describe it accurately. I really wish we could ask the person who wanted it to be stolen, like why. I know I have so many questions. Why this? When? Yeah, just of all the Picasso paintings out there which there are many he was a very prolific artist there are just so many to choose from Mm -hmm. if you're gonna steal some if you're gonna really go through the trouble to steal one i just don't i just for the life of me cannot figure out why it would be that one Mm -mm. unless this person so maybe the saudi collector has some kind of connection to her or maybe he's a really huge loot fanatic (laughs) <laughs> and maybe he has a collection of lutes and then he wants, you know, I don't know. Hmm. There, there are some possibilities, but. This is the worst painting we've talked about. It's the worst <laughs> painting we've talked about. Um, yeah, that's that's true. But I think that just kind of makes uh, makes for a funny heist. Because yeah. I just, I don't understand it. Ugly work gets stolen too. That's true. Everybody, that's the, the takeaway. Yes. We don't, we don't discriminate here on right. this podcast. Or, I guess, art thieves don't discriminate. They they take ugly paintings, too. Yeah. It's all good. Right. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Thickest Thieves episode seven. Is it? Who knows? Six, seven, eight. It's seven. Great. Seven. I'm the math person, remember? (laughs) Yes. How I became that, I don't know. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um, This podcast is brought to you by We Own This Town. Based in Nashville, Tennessee, run by producer Michael Eads. And our theme song is by Patrick Dampier, who just came out with a new album called Say I'm Pretty. Say I'm Pretty. Go buy it. Which Susan Block needs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, oh, and our artwork is done by, um, you say her name so much better than I do. Saskia Cold, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And our episode-specific artwork this week comes from Paul Collins, who is an incredible artist and a dear friend. He drew his own version of the portrait of Suzanne Block, and it is amazing. She has a giant bouffant, and you can see it on our Instagram page at thickestthievesforever. And you can check out Paul's work on his Instagram page at I'm Paul Collins or his website, paulpaul.com. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye.